Anger is ultimately just hurt feelings. Right, like right. the layer underneath anger is hurt. Mm-hmm. So when we can get softer and quieter and, and heal the hurt, then mm-hmm. we get less angry. Heal Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray, and I'm so happy you're here. This week, we dive into this beautiful family's story, and we help them understand each other better. We help them communicate with each other better, and also help them learn where and when and how to give each other space, which is so important. So this week's playbook includes insights from the Destiny Cards, Enneagram, and Love Languages. I hope their story helps you too. Welcome to the Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. I am so excited to have this incredible guest with us today. She is one of my most favorite people in the world, such a great friend, and her family is just incredible. And I'm so excited to offer her this playbook to help her just have next level understanding of her family and the inner workings of her family and what makes up the love and life of her every day because I just adore every single person in your family and I just am so happy to have you here today and excited for the conversation that's going to happen. So welcome. I want to first of all thank you because I'm super excited for what's to come and I'm just curious to know also about my family and all the details and my, my profession because it's also something I love but again money and all that ties in so mm-hmm. because you have to provide for your family mm-hmm. <laughs> in the end so mm-hmm. just finding that balance too yeah I'm so excited and I think we're gonna bring some incredible guidance to you today so super excited to give you this playbook and yeah let's get started so today is an intersection of you first I have to commend you you did an amazing job getting all of your family to do all the tests, to do all the the recon that you need to do for the most benefit of this session today. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing all the work and you will reap the benefits today. It will be amazing. So today is the intersection of the destiny cards, the Enneagram and your love language and how best to meet everyone's needs. And in meeting everyone's needs, we then feel more connected and more, we're more compassionate with each other and more compassionate with ourselves once we understand who we are and who our family is and, um, and how you all work together, I think is the most important thing. And so the Destiny Cards is a system that assigns a playing card to every single day of the year. And certain suits have certain characteristics and numbers have certain characteristics. And so as we begin to understand the patterns and the connections that we have with our family, we understand that that's how you do life. And when we understand that that's how that person does life, and the same is true of the Enneagram, like that's the perspective that somebody has of life. We stop taking how they are doing life so personally. And so we then give space for people to be who they are. We have understandings of their patterns and their behavior. And everyone just simply gets along better. And um, I've been amazed by the playbook recipients that have come back. And literally, they're different people because their life has changed so much. So I'm so excited for you to be here and to, to give you this information. So... We are going to start with you. So my dear, you are an ace of diamonds. So what we know about this is as a diamond, you are all about matter 
and value. So isn't this interesting that the businesses that you have had have sold things that influence matter and value and it's what's valuable to you. So what I think is very important is, you know, what what is valuable to you? And as an ace, you want to get it right. You want to be perfect in how you're presenting your business. You want to be perfect. You want to look perfect. You want the things that matter to you to be perfect. So if that is looks or clothes or your house or um, whatever is of value to you, you have this strong desire to want it to be perfect. And and as that Ace of Diamonds, if you think about um, looking at a playing card, that there's a diamond on here with just a huge space, right? There's only one little diamond on that card. There's a huge space around that diamond. It's really important that you give yourself space to do what matters to you. And so if that is, you know, cleaning the house or um, I know there was, you know, years ago you had done that little system that was like this really efficient system, like every day, just 15 minutes. But to have this alone time that is giving you, you yourself every single day a space to do what is most important to you, I think you will then feel ultimately so much more filled rather than giving, but filling yourself first and then only giving from this state of overflow. Mm, So as an Ace of Diamonds, it's called the Desire for Money and Love card. (laughs) You cannot make it up. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. (laughs) And Ace of Diamonds often want equally money and love, right? You are Ace of Diamonds. You want perfect money and perfect love because it matters to you at the same time. But, and they were always seeking this, but they, it is very rare that they have all the money and all the love all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it takes yeah. it takes a journey to, to get to that place. But they are always seeking both of these, but it's usually either one or the other, you know, and even like just doing construction, right? It's like, okay, you either have the time or the money, right? <laughs> so yeah. if you have found patterns in your family life and in your lifetime that maybe your business was doing really well, but then the relationships were kind of not as strong at that time or vice versa this you know feeling that the relationships are strong but the money you know was uh, sacrificed at that point in time with mindset and awareness you can have both right like knowing and embracing and giving yourself that time every day that gives you that space will allow you to have enough energy to give from overflow to your family and to your business if that makes sense. So meditation, is that what you mean? So whatever is of value to you. So it can be meditation, it can be reading, it can be, but I would say nothing that involves relationships or money or your business, like that 20 minutes is for you. So is that laying in the sun, meditating in the sun for 20 minutes? Is that Whatever this matter is to you that feels great, is that painting your nails in the morning? Is it, yeah, in the car, Um, right? Wherever, whatever feels like that 20 minutes that feels for you that day nourishing, I think beginning there and taking that time that is, and, and recognizing you have this desire for money and love. So how can you start each day in this space that is not about money or love, but is about you that 20 minutes and it's not just money alone time it is money I'm sorry it is time not money uh it is time taking care of you that is has nothing to do with 
earning money or relationships, but just taking that time because remembering you were that ace of diamonds, like you, you need that space for you first. And then that will set you up to give from overflow that then the relationship and the money, because remember we attract business and we attract money based off of the magnet of the energetic frequency that we are. Mm. So as you raise, as you take the time to raise your personal frequency, you will magnetize the money and the relationships that you are desiring. That's powerful. I love that. Yeah. I think that is such a, so important. And as an ace of diamonds, you are very psychic. Mm -hmm. So I know earlier we had done an orosoma cleanse and I asked you to really clear your psychic gate, which is located at the back of the skull. Um, You know, our brain is here and, and this is how you discern intuitive information. So when I hear guidance, I hear my thoughts in my brain right up here. But then when I receive intuitive guidance, I hear it, quote unquote, or feel it in the back of my neck, right? In that psychic gate that is just at the back base of the spine. So as you start to become aware of your intuitive guidance, you can notice, okay, are these thoughts coming from here or is this coming from the back of my head? Or for you, it may, you know, I know some people that hear it out of their ears, like as if somebody's whispering. Yeah. So you have to know for you what that what that feels like. But I know for me, that's how I know what that intuitive guidance feels like. Oh, that's cool. Um, but paying attention to that and knowing you have that access. Um, and as you as you get quiet, as you ground using any one of my YouTube meditations is a great place to start okay. uh, every morning, just doing something that fills you up, that raises your energetic frequency you will then magnetize the money and the love you are seeking. Okay. Thank you. I love that. Yes. I think mine is my ears. That's interesting. So that. Yeah. 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 Well, and then you start to pay attention. So I would also, you know, if you want part of that 20 minutes can be listening. You know, we, we ask our questions when we pray, we get our answers when we meditate. Oh, I love that. Right. So (laughs) I think writing down what you hear there in that time and then see like what and en- what ends up coming true yeah. right what ends up com- becoming true from that okay. and uh, I think it'll be that'll be a very interesting psychic journey and I think your relationships and your work will multiply exponentially as a result of it when you take this time for you first because remember you are the magnet for your money for your life for your love so as you raise your energetic frequency People will just be attracted to you. You were such a light in the room anyway. People are so attracted to you, but they will feel just a secondary authenticity Mm -hmm. to you, which will actually um, come up in the Enneagram. So we'll talk more about that when we get to Enneagram. Do you have any questions on that? No, I'm just still processing. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Okay, hubby. Let's talk about hubby. Oh, I love your husband. He's so great. (laughs) So he is a... Eight of clubs. He is the card of mental power. So big time. He's <laughs> <laughs> so good. So he has an abundant of thought and very strong-willed in his thought. And he will truly be able to make anything happen that he puts his mind to. Like such a powerful mind. And I think his work is. Being careful what he puts his mind, his thoughts on, right? Because he is manifesting 
whatever he's thinking about. So I think if you, I know you had this beautiful practice that you shared the other day with me about, do you want to talk about your beginning your day with joy? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't want to get out of bed until I feel joy. And the only way I could do that is obviously to pray, but to also have that kind of clarity. And I've noticed I feel better. So I asked him not to get out of bed. <laughs> until he feels it and he's like I'm getting out of bed but um, <laughs> but I just feel like it makes a difference because mm-hmm. my mind is clear and I'm not thinking about mm-hmm. things that annoy me or yesterday's conversation I'm just in that present state of joy mm-hmm. and look at what look at how good you are for him it's so good uh, because in helping him begin to begin his day in joy then he will attract more joyful things right? We are the magnet. We are the energy magnet to whatever we're attracting in our life. So if you are getting out of your bed in a joyful state, you're going to attract joy into your life. If you're hurried and anxious, then you're attracting hurried and anxious. So Mm. it's so incredible that you're having him begin to do this too, because it will, it will make all the difference in the world. Yeah. He, yes. And I think, too, what's really important for um, to know about the eight of clubs, it is also really recommended that you let him get his work done and then let relationship come after after work, like allow there to be like a, a true separation between work and home. You know, I know I know some people that talk to their partners all day long while yeah. they're at work. And my husband and I are not like that. I mean, it's different now. He's working from home, but when we were both in the office, I would literally, we would literally not talk until dinner time. And it's like, you know, we both have really intense jobs. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really important to allow, as an eight of clubs, to allow him to get his work done mm-hmm. and then allow that transition when he gets home mm-hmm. and then enjoy the family time and to understand he will do best if he gets his work done first and then has that clear separation into into home life. Does that make sense? That totally does he makes sense. Yeah, to... he loves to take a bath after he takes a walk because he does that after work. So it's interesting that yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. and, he's and I think it's important not to interrupt that transition time. Yeah, no, to so not walk into the bathroom and be like, "Hey, I have something to want. <laughs> do you really need to talk to you about <laughs> yeah. this problem?" I have a list of things I want you to do. Right. When you're done. Yeah. Well, and you know. Every man has a transition mm-hmm. between all of us, uh, not just a man. Everyone has a transition between work life and home life. Mm-hmm. And it is important not to disrupt that transition. And But if they are taking too, ta- too long in that transition, you know, you can say, okay, like I say to my husband, when you're ready, yeah, yeah. I want to talk to you about this. Or when you're ready, dinner's ready. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is hubby. So your, your son, who is your firstborn. Yes is a four of diamonds and he is the card of solid values the card of solid values so there is a strong protection uh, in finance with him he is so you two share in the diamond experience together so you are about actually all of you all of you except for your hubby are all experiencing the diamond experience so you're all about matter and value which actually makes really great roommates oh yeah my my daughter just went off to college and all of them are diamonds and I said wow you know what that's actually like a really great roommate situation because you're all gonna care about matter and value so you all have different aspects of matter and value that that will be highlighted and you all play it out in different ways, but you're all 
experiencing this matter and value perspective. Mm -hmm. So the way your son is experiencing that as a four of diamonds, he wants control of his matter. He wants balance of his matter, like, you know, like four legs on a table, just absolute balance of matter can be really controlling if it's not watched. But there is absolute financial abundance that is available to him when he works for it. Mm -hmm. So there's some cards that have uh, more blessed karma, if you will, or things might be easier. That's not as much the case for him. Uh But if he puts the work in and he puts his systems in place, he will reap great rewards. So it is very interesting. I just did an event at, I was at a fair at United Airlines yesterday. I must have met probably 30 Four of Diamonds because I brought my card and I was like, oh, what's your birthday? Like, let's see. It's just like a fun party game. Yeah. There was probably 30 Four of Diamonds, but the airline industry is a great example of a Four of Diamonds. It is efficient. It is on time, right? Your suitcases mostly get from one place to another on time. The people, the, the planes get one place to everything is so structured about matter and value. Like, I think that is such a great illustration of what four of diamonds looks like Mm -hmm. is efficient matter. Everything gets to where it needs to go. uh, Taking care of things is, does this make sense for him? It does. Um, he's very much wants to get into the music industry and Mm. he's, he he makes things happen. It's funny how mm-hmm. he wants to get a guitar. I'm like, wait for Christmas, ask for Santa. <laughs> and he suddenly has eight guitars in his room. And I'm, he goes, I just reached out to friends and said, who, who doesn't want their guitars? Oh, and he has a car, yeah, room full. So he figures things out on his own. He's very clear of when he wants something, he goes for it. So it's interesting he said that. And now he's all, he wants to make it into a career, I think. So it's I think he'll do well because he's getting a lot of good feedback. That is amazing. Well, I've heard him just some of the things, the snippets that you've posted, and he's amazing. Oh, uh, and he is also, Four of Diamonds have, are very sociable. They have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. They have this magnetic quality about them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that will prove to be really helpful with his, his music career, too. And as far as love is concerned, there can be this sometimes unrealistic expectation that can maybe lead to frustration so just helping him one again everyone taking that time to feed themselves when we are the partner that we want Mm -hmm. then we attract the partner that we need let me say that again so when we are so when we are when we become the person that we want Mm -hmm. right when we become the partner that we want to have like oh i want my partner to be xyz Mm -hmm. well as you become XYZ, mm-hmm. then you draw out of your partner XYZ. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But I think that's going to be particularly important for him to understand that. Okay. So your oldest daughter is a nine of diamonds. Again, all of you, except for your hubby, are all experiencing the diamond process, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is matter and value. So she experiences this as a nine of diamonds. So there will be many chapters in her life where she will have uh, an ending to matter and then graduating into the next level of whatever that matter is. So it could be different jobs, uh, different houses that she then graduates. She takes the wisdom from the last chapter and then adds that into 
the next chapter into her life. So drawing that wisdom and adding it onto the next. So rather than looking at it as an ending or getting really frustrated that something ended. Mm-hmm. So and again, it's matter and value. So mm-hmm. it can be goods, things, houses, money. Mm-hmm. Taking that wisdom from the last chapter and then using it and applying it to the next chapter will actually help her elevate rather than get stuck in this in this place and if she were to hold on to that frustration or hold on to those items or people or things or houses or old story it's actually going to be really more detrimental to her Mm -hmm. so as a nine of diamonds it's it's an ending but it's it's an elevation into the next what's next so it's like always what's next so I think for her a great mantra would be when something does end it's What's next? Yeah. Because that means there's something even better coming that. in to fill that space. So I don't know if she's already starting to see and experience that patterning, but she will have a lot of very distinct elevations in her in her life. It's interesting because she didn't know what she wanted to go to school for, which was great for her going to a JC because she's literally three times. She, neither one of them, none of them she felt. She said, I can do the homework in like five minutes. It was just which was no effort, right? Mm-hmm. Now she decides she wants to be an architect. And she's and it's because it has art in it, and it has mm-hmm. structure, and it has math, and all these layers. And she goes, but it's going to be hard. And I go, yeah, well, you know, it's, if you pick your heart, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Pick your heart, right? exactly. She, so she's excited about it, but she's a little nervous. And I feel like she's actually doing the what's next, but mm-hmm. she's challenging herself mm-hmm. for the first time. Because mm-hmm. things have kind of fallen into place always. Now they're... Because mm-hmm. it's meant to be. It's just falling into place. Yeah. Well, so. no, I mean, in the past, things have always been kind of like almost easy for her. And this one, I think she's truly going to be challenged because it's a growth. Mm. And, and I don't know. I just see it like, cool, this is good. Because you never... Well, and she is so gifted. She is such a beautiful artist that that'll be really interesting to see how that may come together yeah yeah with all she, those dots connected that yeah. would be really interesting yeah have her just it sounds like she is doing a great job thinking things through and being pragmatic but just making sure that she she is one who you want to make sure that she is pragmatic about her choices and not just like jumping into things or taking chances where she shouldn't be or also you know driving really carefully mm-hmm. and just being really cautious about where she is, yeah. what she's doing, and just, you know, just maybe just an extra level of caution with her and driving, and, yeah. and maybe, you know, maybe, you know, if she's thinking about repelling, you know, she could she can decide if that's feels right. Just allow her to listen to her intuition and her psychicness and just to be, um, you know, be more cautious about things sometimes. Yep. And for marriage for her is karmic and long lasting and wonderful. And, you know, we all have our, we all, again, be the partner that you want and you get the partner that you receive. So yeah, yeah. Um, that is true for everybody. Yeah. So your youngest daughter uh, is a seven of diamonds. So as a seven of diamonds, it's actually the card of spiritual value. And if you think about king to ace, there are 13 cards. Seven is in the middle. So it can either be all high or all low. Okay. So much like her sister, her sister will have an ending and an elevation. This she will have, um, it's either all high or all low. And this is where I think it's so amazing. You've done such an incredible job 
helping her instill great mindset, great mindfulness as she thinks about life in a positive, abundant way. Positive abundance will will show up. Okay. And again, I know uh, we had talked uh, next tier to this, but we're not really going to work. I keep this pretty top line, but next tier for this, just since we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. she has the life pattern where one year it will be about matter and abundance in matter. Mm-hmm. Um, either all high or all low. Okay. And uh, the second year, every other year, it will then be about the elevation, the nine of hearts. It is the elevation of relationship. So it may be that she, you know, changes friendships that year, right? Changes yeah. changes groups oh, of friendships that already. year. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but then you can start to track that because I know that she has had years where she changed group of friendships. Mm-hmm. So then... For her, I think it's really interesting. It's every other year. So it'll either be friendship elevation Mm -hmm. or material goods. So looking at that pattern, probably starting from when she shifted away from her friendships and started new friendships, which was all on course, was the next year, where did matter show up for her? And so I think it would be a very interesting journaling process for her to look at where relationships ended or elevated that year. And again, relationships don't have to end. It can be the toxic part of that friendship that Mm -hmm. ends or the toxic part of that relationship. And it's just a new way of loving. So people don't necessarily have to always leave. They they can, but it also can just be, I, I have found it's the, the toxic part of the relationship can end. Oh, nice. Does that all make sense? Yeah, except for one question. She's yes. 15, so when you say matter and value, mm-hmm. how does that apply to a 15-year-old? So it is whatever is of matter and value to her. Okay. So like where are her interests, where are her, uh, you know, where do things uh, matter to her? And does okay. she have an abundance of... I don't know, whatever club she's in or, you know, an yeah. abundance of clubs that year or an abundance in... Yeah, she does pole vaulting. And that was right. Like so that... did she ha- did yeah. she have, like, a banner year, yeah. Yeah. right? Did she change friends and then the next year have just, like, this incredible year pole vaulting? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. That's right? Cool. Which is amazing because yeah. she's literally soaring. Yeah. So that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's neat. So on this chart, so this is our birth chart that... This does not change. So there's a chart that looks like this for every single year of our life. But this is the birth chart that we are born to. It does not change. And so I have circled your family and the cards that we are closest to. So there's the seven cards that are nearest to us have an energetic relationship to us that simply exists. And when we know when we know what that energy is, then we stop taking that energy so personally and have just kind of this better, greater understanding of why we act that way with each other. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. So here's your copy. And I have these down in the notes if you want to follow along. So you are an ace of diamonds. So we read this chart from right to left and top to bottom. Okay. So horizontal is the most intense experience. Vertical is the second most intense experience, and diagonal is the third, right? So um, I want to start with you and your hubby because this is really lovely. So you have the ace of diamonds, and he is the eight of clubs. So vertically, if Mm -hmm. you go, if um, moving down, Mm -hmm. it is you are his mercury, 
and the energy of Mercury is based on the planetary energies. So Mercury is how we think. So he thinks like you. Mm -hmm. And in this unique relationship, you, he is your moon. So going backwards here, Mm -hmm. we only go backwards with Mercury. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he is your moon. And the moon feels like we could tell them anything, Mm -hmm. which I see a lot of Mercury moon marriages, which Mm -hmm. is, is very lovely because you have this experience and feeling like you could tell him anything. Yeah. So sometimes I have found with my own moon relationships, once I realized they were my moon relationships, I realized, okay, maybe I overshared on them. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I had to watch because they weren't my, weren't my partner. Like they're, they're just friends. Right. And, you know, I think I overshared on them and it can be heavy sometimes to be right. someone's moon. In a marriage relationship, I think that's maybe a little bit different. But if you find that he gets tired or exhausted from hearing all the stories, (laughs) (laughs) then, you know. Like tone it down. Well, just, I, uh, to be honest, I think you taking your 20 minutes of space. This Uh is, look, all the, it's all starting to tie together already. The, you taking your 15 or 20 minutes as your ace of diamonds Mm -hmm. will allow you to be in a more self-sustaining place that you can tell him stories without him having to hold everything. Right. But he's your husband. I, I, you know, I tell my husband everything too. Yeah. But understanding that there is just this energy that exists. Right. It's not personal. It's just energy that exists between the two of you. He thinks like you. So it's so great. Yeah. And you feel like you could tell him everything. Right. If that, if you feel, use your psychic ability, if you feel like that is exhausting him, then you take a little more time Mm -hmm. on your own and then share, feel it out. Share is what feels appropriate, but also don't take it personally. Like if he feels like, oh, okay, I just can't listen to anymore right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It reminds me when we first got married. You always be like, can you just give me bullet points? I feel like this is way too hard. Is that what he would say? say I am not your secretary. Um, So yeah. So now I don't do, I do kind of bullet points. (laughs) Right. I mean, you've been beautifully married for so long that, you know, you do, but isn't that interesting? Like that is the natural, that is the natural. Also very eight of clubs. Eight of clubs is very, um, you know, organized, controlled thought. Yeah. Very OCD thought, like controlled thought, organized. Yeah. Um, So that also would be not only the moon experience, but also as an eight of clubs, you would want it. Just some bullet points. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah. Years (laughs) ago, I'd be so offended, but yeah, now I get it. Well, and also I think looking at this chart is really helpful. So Moving down towards your nine of diamonds and your four of diamonds, Mm -hmm. that is your oldest two. So that is your son and your oldest daughter. Okay. So the same experience, Mercury and Moon, um, diagonally, however, is here is this diagonal. Okay. And they have two experiences. So they have Mercury and Moon diagonally. So your, your daughter thinks like your son and then your son feels like he could tell your oldest daughter anything. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah. Totally. Yes. And on top of that, we read it right to left. So it's Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus. So for her, her brother is also the her Uranus, which means like things pop out of the blue. So like, does he do like 
surprise things for her or like totally unexpected. So yeah. like maybe it's like she hasn't talked to him in forever and then all of a sudden he like shows up yeah. at her school or like brings her lunch or yeah. does something just totally out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, very random about how he, he just, she'll, to, and she'll to, know. To her though. Yeah. Only, so they have the Uranus experience. Yeah. Not, not anyone else in the house. Yeah. That's Fascinating. So your youngest and your oldest. So your youngest is seven of diamonds, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. So your son is actually your daughter's teacher. So she has a lot to learn from that. It's actually a karmic relationship. He is her teacher. He will, and teachers, it's not always fun lessons that we have to learn from our teachers, Mm -hmm. right? There can be easy lessons and there can be challenging lessons, but understanding and is this true if you were to sit, stand back and mm-hmm. look at this chart? What do you notice about this chart? Like the shape, you mean? Well, is there, is there anyone that might feel excluded because they don't have a partner? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's much younger than the other two. Mm-hmm. And does, so does that visually seem like the energy of the family at all? So it's tricky because the youngest and the middle are typically the closest. Like they're so, so that will be the backside of that chart. So we're going to flip the chart around and that will explain where that comes from. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 So this is this lifetime's chart. So if you feel like the youngest sometimes feels a little on her own, like a little on her own journey. Yeah. It's because she a little bit is. I mean, she's uh, connected to her brother there but she's a little bit on on her own energetically right here yeah now we flip the chart over and this is our past life look at all this deliciousness goodness right here and all of your kids are literally on the same line which is incredible oh no way so so you and your husband secondarily Uh have the diagonal mercury mars i'm sorry mercury moon relationship yet again see so the very relationship that you have in this lifetime is also a past life experience as well which is really lovely when you take that a step farther your oh yeah the youngest yes so you have and this is what i thought was so lovely with both of your daughters you have this so past life shows up one super intensely but two it is like this memory of gosh i remember Uh that that we feel this way about each other. Mm-hmm. So both of them, you have that Mercury moon, that you are their moon, which is the most wonderful thing for a mom. Mm-hmm. So you think like them as Mercury, but they are both in the moon position. You are in their moon position. So how wonderful as their mom. Mm-hmm. You want all the information. You want them to, like those yeah. are all the nuggets so as true. moms. <laughs> that bring we it. bring it. You yeah. cannot give me enough. Like, yeah. please let me be your moon forever yeah. because that is so wonderful. And I think it speaks to just your beautiful family because mm-hmm. your girls feel like they have this memory of, gosh, I used to tell you everything, right? Whether yeah. they remember it or not in this, there is this energy that exists and it's intense when it, when it is a past life, it shows up more intensely in our present life. Oh, cool. So your son, and isn't this incredible? Your, your children are all on one line. So your son is Mercury, Venus, Mars. So do you find that your 
son and your youngest daughter uh, compete? They have very similar personalities, so possibly, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's actually very straight shooter with him. I think he's he almost wants to please her. Mm-hmm. He's very he. I don't know. He's he sees her. I think like he's definitely treats her like a little sister versus his the other one's so close to his age mm-hmm. that they're almost equal and the same. And mm-hmm. he can call her like he said. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is Mars. So. Which is, there's a lot of passion there. So, mm-hmm. Mars is the god of war. <laughs> oh. But there's a, there can be a lot of passion. And what I have found with my Mars relationships is when I am faced the same direction as my Mars relationships, we literally make miracles happen. So, I think for those two, if you can keep them facing the same objective yeah. and the same focus, yeah. say, oh, you know what? In this family, we do the right thing. In this family, oh, we like are that. kind to each other. You yeah. know, really setting the parameters of... Yeah. What we in this family do, even yeah. as adults. Yeah. Right? Like we we do this in our family. Yeah. And so I think as simple as that as you know, this is how we treat each other. Right. Period. Right. Um, that helps keep them focused the same direction. Okay. So uh Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. So your son to your oldest daughter, he is a past life. They have the past life Saturn experience. So again, with the teacher, mm-hmm. so everybody's teaching lessons, everybody's learning as as we do, right? That is the that is the purpose of our sibling is to have someone very different from us mm-hmm. that we can then meet in the middle and and learn from each other. Okay. And then your middle and son, your middle daughter and son have Mercury, Venus. So it is past life Venus, which is our love. So there's just great love there between the two of them. Yeah. There is a great understanding, a great love there. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the two girls. I'm sorry. I had those numbers off. My bad. Okay. The two girls are Venus. Okay. So this is, this is your son, son, youngest, middle. So so the girls, the the girls girls are are past life. Yeah. The girls are past life. Yeah. Venus great love Mm -hmm. and then your son and the youngest are mars and your son and uh second daughter are the saturn the teachers okay so huh that's so cool and it's funny because even when we were getting this the answers to this you know you needed to the questionnaires Mm -hmm. and he i i asked him what sunday (laughs) he still hadn't done it it was yesterday and she was in the car and he's like it just takes forever and then she goes, it took me 10 minutes. And I could just hear her on the <gasps> phone. And she was very frank with him. And he's like, all right, I'll get it done. Like, it's neat because they kind of have oh, this. Good. Well, so it is like a one-upmanship. Yeah. It is a one-up. So the Mars relationships that I have in my life, they don't know. My, they're my Mars. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> and there was one. She will just always try to one-up me. Yeah. And I'm like. Are you kidding? And I'm, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I love you beyond this energy. Yeah. And that's what I think is important to know. It, why it's important to know this energy exists. Because yeah. I'm going to love you beyond this. Yeah. I know that this exists and I don't care. Right. Right. And yeah. I think you can, when you when you know more, you can feel more empowered and know, hey, this energy exists between us, but it doesn't have to rule what happens. We can be aware of it and work beyond it. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yes. 
But hopefully that just brings some enlightenment. I know that was a little intense, a little heady, especially on the past live. Yeah, no, that was um, cool. But I think visually it's very interesting to look at this and to just make sure you can actively make sure that your baby girl feels included in the family. Yeah, yeah. that's so But cool. to know that energetically in this life, there may be, she may sometimes feel a little bit of an outsider. Okay. That's actually really cool. It's funny because I call them my bookends because they're very similar, the oldest and the youngest. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I didn't think about that wanting mm-hmm. up thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay, so here's a question for you. Yeah. Has your hubby, so here we have you as ace of diamonds, your son as four of diamonds, your oldest daughter as a nine of diamonds, and your youngest daughter as a seven of diamonds. So someone has left out oh. of that diamond world yes. um, because your hubby is an eight of clubs. So is there ever a time that it feels like it's him against the pack? Um, I think there have been for sure, especially well when they were little for sure because they all came to me for everything, right? So that's like the obvious they needed me. I felt I totally felt like I understood them more. He would get kind of more frustrated, mm. and especially then they didn't bullet point as well, <laughs> right? Right, and he was like, "Okay, wrap it up, <laughs> ma, 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 da, da, da." <laughs> right. It was like, yeah, but then they got older, and then I noticed. He found a way to bond, but at the same time, it was his way of having his, well, don't tell mom. And don't, it was like some secret thing he was trying to create for him and the kids. And I, the kids are so open at the time. They're like, so dad said not to say this. But, <laughs> and I'm like, why is dad doing that? We're a team. Like, there's no secrets. Right. Like, we don't need to because then mm-hmm. we can't fix, right? We can't fix if there's some problem. And so I would get really annoyed with that. So I guess he must have felt it for him to do that. Because I felt, I was like, do you not feel like part of something? Mm. Because you're, you're separating me now from mm-hmm. the pack. Like, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's now that you say that, I remember that distinctly because I thought, mm. okay, that sucks. And then mm-hmm. we would fight a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's good? Healthy communication. That's right. In in that situation, would it have been as an eight of clubs, there would be a desire to control thought. So in that, like, don't tell mom, like, would it be more of this like attempt to kind of control the pack or just insert himself because the, I think undermining there was, there was mm-hmm. definitely a lot of in undermining and I mm-hmm. and it was I felt like we were that's so weird that you say that because it was a lot it's felt, just the cards it's not me it's the cards okay you're a great messenger <laughs> so it was really crazy because I would feel like why do you undermine like I would say something it's like oh like in front of the kids and mm-hmm. I'd be like so I'm still the mom <laughs> so I would feel frustrated mm-hmm. but it was like he would kind of like I'd say something or even the way I was trying to teach him Spanish. Oh, we don't, I don't get to, we, how are we supposed to understand? Like, it would always be this kind of like dig. And I don't mm. know where that came from. But then mm-hmm. I also knew his dad was a little like that with his mom. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't do, you don't do that with mm-hmm. us. And so there's a lot of growth. I mean, we've been married now 27 years, but there was a lot mm-hmm. of growth because there was old ways on both ends. I, like, I had the volatile parents. So I had mm-hmm. easily zero to a hundred for pissing me off now and mm-hmm. learning not to communicate like that. And especially kids are the best thing because they make you want to be the best version. You don't want to be hundred. You're like, I'm changing that, like stopping that generation now. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. Um, yeah. When I text, because as you know, I have two girls. Every mm-hmm. time I text and I try to say girls, it always autocorrects 
to gurus, oh, <laughs> which I think is like really funny because yeah. I consider them my gurus yeah. because they are children are our best teachers. Yes. Like they force us to heal our wounds, to face ourselves in a way, yeah. and in mothering them the way we were not mothered. Yeah, there's actually a lot of healing that happens even yes. just by us mothering the way we weren't mothered. It yeah. then heals our inner child. Yeah, so it does give us this great opportunity to. To come full circle with yeah. the human. But they are gurus. They are. I so agree with that. Like oh, my sister said the other day, because we were talking about criticism. Oh, because I was telling her what we talked about with the criticism and that the girls don't like to be criticized. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her about your, you and I spoke about. And she said, she goes, yeah, I've never seen you. You're not, you're far from critical with your kids. And I go, mm-hmm. I don't feel like they learn that way. Like I can mm-hmm. tell them, but I'm not going to criticize them. Like that's not mm-hmm. teaching anybody. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, nobody lives in shame. Mm-hmm. And that's actually. Or nobody a, learns from shame. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the Latin culture too, is you mm-hmm. do that. So I was never, I really made a point never to do that to them or tried not to. I don't think I did. And so it just kind of, it's neat the way they make you better, like mm-hmm. help you be better. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And I yeah. think going home and giving hubby some love to, you know, make sure that he feels included. I think sharing, sharing this with him, like this dynamic that just energetically exists between yeah. the four of you yeah. plus one. Yeah. And to say, look, this was, this was never personal. You view the world through clubs, through thought. We view the world through matter and value. Right. It's not personal. We can have now more compassion right. around that and to be inclusive and to understand, hey, you bring a lot to the table by, you know, showing us the world of thought. We bring a lot to the table, um, but there isn't odd man out. Like right. understanding it's just energetics. Yeah. That's it. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. That's way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And to make sure he feels included because, you know, that, that feels yeah. hurtful yeah. to not be included in your, in this, your, and you have such a beautiful tight knit family. Like, yeah. so, Thank you. um, so, you know, I think just making sure that he feels included, like yeah. he's such a wonderful man. So, you know, just so that he, he feels yeah, included. I think there will be a lot of healing just in that conversation, I think would be really good. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, I think this, does that feel whole and complete here? It does. It yeah. does. I feel like okay. we needed that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. And let's move on to the next part. Oh, okay. Okay. Perfect. So moving on to the Enneagram. So I know what you had sent to me, you had said you were not sure if it was a nine or a three, two. So actually in the Enneagram, world there is it's called a, a subtype mm-hmm. and um and there can be look-alike numbers okay. so the not so you could be a three two which is what i actually believe that you are but okay. could also show up as a nine okay. but it's actually i went with three two okay. here a three wing two okay. um on here based okay. off of a number of things but um but it is it can be a look-alike Okay. So we we think that we might be a nine, but we're really a three two, and so they can they can look alike sometimes. Okay, and then often you and we'll go through this short line of questioning just to confirm that, and then I think it will be really illuminating for you. So just to double check my work, I, I believe it's right, but we'll just double check, and it's okay if it's not. So that we were going to talk about your greatest fear, and then. Like the thing that annoys you the most, <laughs> and okay. when we when we talk about that, then I think that'll be a pretty good gauge. So, is your greatest fear being worthless or without inherent value, 
or is it the loss of connection or fragmentation? That's kind of intense. It is. Okay, I'd say... You want me to read it again? Yeah. So, is your greater fear feeling worthless or without inherent value or a loss of connection or fragmentation? I think loss of connection. Okay. So, do you get more annoyed by being ignored or do you get more annoyed by being talked over wow they seem like almost the same (laughs) so being ignored you're never even given the chance to talk where nine you are sorry being talked over (laughs) being talked over you are not being honored that that to me that that seems like the the subtle difference Uh is being talked over is you're not being your words aren't being honored but being ignored, you're not even given the chance to talk. I was going through the scenarios in my head of when that's happened, and I definitely say the second one. Being okay. ignored? Being ignored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the presentation of the energy of the person mm-hmm. is either firstborn or a grandparent. And to me, I feel like you have more like firstborn energy, like you're vibrant and a go-getter and... Like that type of energy, uh-huh. and I'm but I'm a middle child. Does that? Oh, it's not about it's yeah. not about birth or it's like presentation. Oh, okay. like presentation of yeah. of like of like a firstborn is achiever, go getter, yeah. yeah, right? Like yeah. Um, where the other one is more subdued, yeah, kind of quiet, yeah, doesn't want to ruffle any feathers, doesn't yeah, want to no. cause any trouble, yeah, yeah, definitely a firstborn. <laughs> I don't yeah. Yes. So that is three two. Okay. So so what we know about the three two. That's cool that you just gave me this test. <laughs> <laughs> so the name of the three two is the charmer. Oh okay. I would say is so true of you in the most complimentary way. You are so charming and magnetic and just larger than life personality. Oh, so thank you. For you, you, the basic fear of a 3-2 is feeling worthless and without inherent value, like we just said. The basic desire is to feel valuable, is to feel important and to feel valuable. The childhood message that you received that, and there's a lot of back and forth, but they say more so the Enneagram you're born as this type, you know, whether it's nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. but there is that you're born this, you're born this way. Yeah versus our, but our environment growing up definitely right. contributes of course right so childhood message it's not okay to have your own feelings and identity therefore it is best to copy the best qualities you see in others mm. um yeah. which is so crazy the, the when i was doing this for my own self the three twos that i know i'm like oh my gosh it just explains so much yeah and therein lies that compassion that we can have because that's a that's a tough place to be when you, you know, like you said, trying to figure out who you are, that ace of that ace of diamonds that you're spending that time figuring out who you are, showing that love mm-hmm. so that you know which qualities you want to emanate. Right, right. Right. Instead of copying someone else. Right. And you are so not a copycat. Right. Like you yeah. are this like dynamic image that you that you put out into this world. But 
like getting quiet to know that those can be your qualities. They don't have to just be what somebody else is doing. That is so crazy. You just said that. Cause that's how, you know, South American or first generation, you just like copy the best. You don't, it's like literally, I like spot on how it was my cousin who was already an architect and model. Like she did so much and like your cousin, remember me? like, look what she does. Like, look at, so it was never, it was always that message reinforced. Like mm. you need to be here. And oh, we were little, yeah, it was so, <laughs> you just gave me chills because I'm like, I forgot about that message, but it was in my time. I remember that mm-hmm. I was little. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So crazy. So what you needed to hear, uh-huh. and we can tell your little self this now, that can be part of your 20 minute morning session. Yeah. Uh, you are loved for yourself. Huh. So you were loved just being you, you were loved for you and just allowing that to seep in that. Yeah. You're exactly who you're meant to be. You're doing exactly what you're meant to be doing. And just, again, magnetizing what you want to bring into your life. Right. Oh, my gosh. That was a trip. (laughs) (laughs) I I literally forgot about that, growing up, hearing all that. You you just kind of outgrow it because you find yourself a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. more and more. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. And, well, we'll summarize all of you at the end, if that's okay. So then we'll go on to your hubby. Okay. So his greatest fear is feeling useless, incapable, or incompetent. His basic desire is to be competent. His childhood message that he heard was, it's not okay to be too comfortable in the world. Like, like suspicious, you know, and I'm not sure with his growing up experience, if there was life unsettled outside in his town or in there, but it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. always always need to watch over your shoulder or always need to watch, you know, what's going on. Yeah. What he needs to hear is you are not a problem. Your needs are not a problem. And we never underestimate him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love that. And for you, you're never, never have I ever. Never is never ignore the three. Right? So never ignore the ne- the never. Okay. So what do you mean the three, the three, sorry, you're the three too. So we never, I think I somehow skipped that on yours. So we never ignore three for your hubby. We never underestimate him. And I think that shows up. I think that can show up not in a, not in a negative way, but like, Hey honey, can you fix the sink? Or hi honey, can you change the light bulb in the living room today? And then seven o'clock comes around and it's not done. Mm -hmm. And you go to get the light bulb. Mm-hmm. And so it's super emasculating to him. And mm-hmm. you've underestimated it. And he's like, oh my gosh, that was like literally next on my list. Yeah. Right? So it can show up as simple as that. But for him, that ends up feeling much more of an intense experience yeah. than you being like, I just want to be able to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? But for him, it's you underestimated me that I couldn't take care of it. Right. Right. So that it's not like a nefarious, it's not yeah. a nefarious plan, like never yeah. underestimate him. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's not nefarious by any means. It is, it can show up as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, instead you could say, Hey honey, I'm just checking in. Like, um, did you have that on? I, I would love to really be able to, as much as I love candlelight, or you could yeah. even throw that out as funny. Like, are we doing candlelight dinner tonight? Or are we going to uh, change that. the light That's bulb? So your son is an eight. He is the leader, also known as the challenger through his through his raising up through the childhood years. If you ever found yourself saying, oh my gosh, 
he's just so challenging. This is so challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the energy that they broadcast. Their greatest fear is, his greatest fear is being controlled or harmed by others. So this real, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes we're trying to help, but then they feel like you're trying to control them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not true. <laughs> But that's their interpret. It doesn't matter what the intention we're putting out. It's what they're, you know, believing. Yeah. His basic desire is to be at peace. The childhood message that he heard, and it's not necessarily what you've put out, but again, it's what he's heard, Mm -hmm. is it's not okay to assert himself. And the message he needs to hear is that your presence matters. And the never, never, never ever for him is never lie to an eight because they will, they, they describe it like a fort, like eights have, if you imagine a fort with a moat in the, you know, the, yeah the forest around to keep them all safe. So yeah. for an eight, it takes a lot to get inside this fort. Yeah. But once you are inside, you're privileged enough to be inside that fort. Yeah. They will be so loyal and so good to you and protect you and love you. Um, but the moment you're outside the fort, you're literally nobody yeah yeah so an eight one of us is an eight no uh your son my yeah oh he's your son oh never eight. lie to him okay yeah got it, so got never it. lie to him right because he you you want to be inside his fort right right um and really you know like my 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 daughter is an eight and she'll literally talk about people and be like oh it's Ill- irrelevant and I actually, I have my own Enneagram coach that I, I work with every week. And I talked to him about this. So I was like really concerned. I was like, why is she calling people? In like, that's not nice. That's not nice. Like, yeah. how am I failing as a parent yeah. that my yeah. daughter is calling people irrelevant? Like, that's, yeah. you can't do that. Like, yeah. that's not nice. And then he explained this for Tom LeHue. He's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, shout out. And, you know, his, and, but then he explained this fort. He's like, no, this, this is what, this is how eights think. You're either in the fort. Yeah. Or anyone who's not inside my fort is irrelevant. And yeah. he's like, it's really not as personal as you're taking it. And he's like, yeah. and I don't even think she means it the way you're interpreting it. Right. He's right. like, in her mind, you're just not in the fort. Like, yeah. and, and so it'll be interesting for you to see with your son, like people who are in his fort and then how he responds to, and again, we are all here to learn lessons. So part right. of the eight's lesson is to Open bring you. meaning to mm-hmm. and appreciation and care to the people outside the fort. Yeah. Yeah. But to know that innate, this is their inherent makeup Yeah, is, is this fort inside the fort. And it's interesting because he did hear a lot of that, what you were saying when he was little, from his aunts. And like I, it was... Oh, like inside the fort, outside the fort? No, the, like, you're, like, down here, like, don't, don't be in, don't get in our, he's almost pushed to the oh, side. Oh, like, don't assert yourself. Like, don't, don't talk. Don't talk. Mm. Go, you should go on your own. He had too much energy, all that. And it was, like, mm. ongoing. So I, it hurt him a lot as a kid and mm-hmm. we're dealing with that because I didn't try to keep the peace all the time and it just backfired because mm-hmm. he yeah so it's interesting that you're saying that he did go through that and mm-hmm. now he's found his voice and he has his mm-hmm. friends but right and if he then gets to create music and songs that then speak to that other people will hear that message too he's yeah. not the only oh. one who's had that experience so then yeah. he's going to then use that to then go yeah touch the hearts and lives of lots of people yeah yeah. Oh, I love that. Mm. So good. Isn't it just amazing? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like wait, it's another thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. So that is incredible about, about your son. I yeah. think that is. And it is all of these, I think as we connect the dots, we then, again, 
we can be more compassionate about how they view life, how they do life. And it just brings more connection to the whole family. Yeah. So your oldest daughter and your youngest daughter are the same. They are both ones. So that is the perfectionist. And their greatest fear is being bad, corrupt, or defective. They, their basic desire is to have integrity. The childhood message that they heard is it's not okay to make a mistake. They need to hear you are good. And the never ever for them is to never criticize them. Because as a one, they feel like they are only lovable if they're perfect. Mm. And so for them, criticizing is this chipping away at any opportunity that they have to feel love and to be loved. Mm -hmm. And they've already thought it first. Mm. Wow. Okay. Right. They've already, so they don't really need anyone else to say it because they've probably thought it themselves first. And, and to them, it's an equation of love. Like if you're criticizing me, then that's, that's telling me that that part of me isn't lovable or isn't capable of being loved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, reframing that to say, because as parents, we have to guide. So reframing that as guidance or direction and say, hey, I don't, you know, have you thought about trying to do something this way instead of this way, rather than like, why are you doing it this way? Yeah, Not that yeah. you sound like that by any yeah. means. <laughs> that is just the yeah. true mom sound yeah. anyway, the yeah. true mom guidance. Okay, that's interesting because the youngest for sure has this need to do everything really well and right, mm-hmm. and but her room is a disaster mm-hmm. and it's so hard because I'm like I know something has to give, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I I know whenever I tell her like oh my gosh well but now. does her room ebb and flow disaster not disaster because oh, no her sister will walk in and clean the room for her like it's <laughs> that bad where we're like dude your room is so bad but she um. But yeah, her, her, I could see it in her face. Like I'm holding it together. Don't add one. Don't make me feel like, you know what I mean? I could, You're the youngest. Yeah. Mm. Because, because I, it's like, she's doing so many different things. So I've kind of let it go, but then it just, you see it get worse and worse. And then mm-hmm. like, you can't go anywhere now until your room's clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, and I, you know, I, we were talking before the recording about feng shui mm-hmm. and as things are clear, in the home, then energy flows. And so we wake up in a better mood. Our life is in a, be- in a better mood. If you take the Bagua map and put it over the house, so you line up the, the front of the Bagua map to the front door, and you can see what part of your life is influenced by her room. Mm. And so it, then it's like really interesting to see how that correlates to what, where their, where life might feel stagnant to yeah. you. Yeah. And that's, is it, oh, I, so it's not just to her, it's to me too. Like mm-hmm. it affects. To the whole family. So where um, is her room in relation to your house? She's on the left side of the door, the front door. Left side of the front door. Yeah. So that is knowledge and self-cultivation. Hmm. So if there. We're a bunch of dummies now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think lean yeah. into the, no, but how is self-cultivation and knowledge showing up in, right here, you're sitting here talking about, oh, I just got chills. Here you're talking about your work and how you want to cultivate yourself, like your self-cultivation. Right. We're talking about you spending more time by yourself, how, you know, your daughters are now choosing different, how they're cultivating themselves. They're changing and deciding different avenues. Your son is cultivating himself differently. Right. Right. So as it 
is cluttered in there, there is more stagnation around knowledge and self-cultivation. As that gets cleared up, then you're going to find more flow. Knowledge will integrate easier into your life. So definitely get it clean today or before she listens to the podcast so that she integrates this information into her life, right? Like you want to integrate that knowledge so that you can be more self-cultivated by that. But if it's stagnant, if there's stuff in there, then it's it, then... a rabbit in there. Like she has her rabbit that she loves and her room smells like rabbit. And I'm like, uh, we can't, she's like, yeah, but we don't want to have them like where the, you know, anyway, so I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> but, Lots of love there. If yeah. that is self-cultivation and love there, but yes, definitely as stuff, stuff on the floor creates stagnant energy. So as you can get that cleared out, mm-hmm. it will create more more movement in that facet for all of your lives because okay. the energy flows through the front door for the whole family. Okay. What do you think about like pets though? Like having a pet like that? I mean, well, well, I don't have pets, but I, I think animals are wonderful and yeah. they are brought in to heal us more than we're here to heal them. Eckhart yeah. Tolle actually wrote a wonderful children's book on pets and how they actually heal us and take care of us way more than we take care of I them. I believe it. So yeah. they're inseparable. I th- too, yeah, so I think if too. that brings her comfort and love, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if she cleans out the cage a little bit more, that's probably great too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe that'll be the rule. Okay, twice a week, not. She's once. like, I'm gonna stop listening to this podcast now. <laughs> okay, so the other thing I want you to grab the enneagram chart that's sitting right in front of you. Okay. So I want you to notice. Eight, nine, and one are on this top angle, right? Mm -hmm. See where it says anger? Yeah. So each of you have an emotion that you are processing and dealing with as a collective group. And so for your son and your daughters, Mm -hmm. um, for your son and your daughters, you are dealing with, they are figuring out anger. So as as an eight, (laughs) eights are just angry about everything uh, all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my coach has told me, think of them like a German shepherd. Like the best way to bond and connect with an eight is, you know, a German shepherd will grab the rope and like tug back and forth and be like, oh, can you believe this happened? And then for me, I used to want to placate the situation for her. I'm uh-huh. like, well, mm-hmm. this could be da 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 Yeah. And then she get annoyed at me. Yeah. But now I've learned, because I love her, I want to love her. I want connection, and I want to love her in the way that she wants to be loved, which is why we do all this work, is to understand them better. That it's better if I then toss it back and be like, oh, really? I can't believe, can you believe they did that? Oh, my goodness. Um, And then she'll be like, yeah, I know. And then it becomes this kind of like, I'm not fighting against her. I'm just like agreeing with the, uh, you know, incredulousness of the situation and then they're like yeah and then they feel bonded and then she feels more connected and then she talks more about other things and then I get the connection that I'm ultimately hoping for yeah okay that's cool and I think it's important to know all of these exist you know people say oh the Enneagram you put people in boxes but like the boxes already exist so it's not it's not manipulation it is this is how this person functions. This is how this person works. Right, so right. I love you. Much like the love language, this is its own language. Mm-hmm. This is how 
this is how you want to connect. So I want to connect with you in this way so that we can have a relationship. And so that's where I think it's really important to understand how and why people connect okay. and what and their ultimate umbrella focus and, and challenge in this lifetime. So, mm-hmm. so he is doing anger and so are your daughters. They are doing anger, but in a very different way. So okay. ones have hidden anger. It is shows up as resentment mm-hmm. and self-righteousness. They can feel like super tense, like this, like, I'm not going to be angry because if I got angry, I wouldn't be perfect. And if I'm not perfect, I'm not lovable. Right, right. Okay. So they show up very intense and tense and get resentful. But if they just got angry, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, anger is ultimately just hurt feelings. Right, like right. the layer underneath anger is hurt. So when we can get softer and quieter and, and heal the hurt, then mm-hmm. we get less angry. Yeah, I love that. So, and as that look like, I know you had thought about the nine. I think I think it's pretty fair to agree we're, you're a three, two. Mm-hmm. But threes go to nine. So you have your own anger that you work with mm-hmm. on there. And for nines, they don't, they don't want to show their anger. They don't want to. They have more of a passive-aggressive stubborn side, mm-hmm. like more of a passive-aggressive stubbornness about them. As a three, if you look at this chart, it says image. So it is how do you show up in the world? Like as a three, you want to be the achiever. You want to be the entertainer. You want mm-hmm. to be loved and adored by everyone. And, and if you're not, are you lovable? Mm-hmm. Right. Does this and it, there is this image and and it's shame. It is about um, it is it, it's shameful if I'm not all these excellent things. Right. That that is that is that is shameful if I'm not the executive of this and the president of this. And if I'm anything but all of these top tier things, mm-hmm. there's shame. But mm-hmm. taking that deep breath and recognizing no, I'm whole and complete and wonderful because I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be all those things to be whole and and complete. Going back to that 15 minutes, as you sit in contemplation and wholeness and completion every morning and joy, mm-hmm. you will feel whole and complete and then not tend toward the the challenge of that image. Right, right. Okay, I love that. Yeah, because my dad had the same kind of energy we had the same he's very much a light he come in and people were drawn mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about like career-wise I was telling the kids I go you have a choice now to be a boss or be someone at work for someone and that's mm-hmm. just you're we've evolved we're first generation so you get that choice now you're not having to do what my parents did which is work their mm-hmm. butts off mm-hmm. so I think that kind of ties into the whole driving need to go to the next level or leave a legacy or change old patterns and mm-hmm. all those things that kind of came with new new land mm-hmm. <laughs> my parents mm-hmm. went through mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm just trying to put all the pieces together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and then the the last piece of that is the love language right mm-hmm. so you said you were quality time your husband was quality time your oldest son was quality time and then uh, your two daughters were acts of service. So isn't that interesting that as the ones, as the perfectionist, as that they are this acts of service, mm-hmm. that they want to be of service to you so that you have no reason to criticize them. Mm. I don't really, cri- I don't, with them, I don't think I do. Well, 
well, right, for them, oh, it's it's, it's super, uber, uber sensitive to that, right? Yeah. So, like, watching that. But they want to prevent, they yeah. want to prevent any criticism. Ah, okay. So, I'm going to act of service <laughs> because this is, and, and it's how, you know, our quality, our love language goes both ways. It is what we do to show love to each other, but mm-hmm. it's also how we inherently feel the most love. Okay. And so with them having acts of service be their love language, they feel like they are worthy of that service, worthy of your of your time. And I, I do think quality time and acts of service are such a lovely integrated love language mm-hmm. because you want to spend quality time. And, and this is where the hiccup and where you just have to watch because they may spend all this time preparing the perfect picnic, prepare, you know, preparing food and flowers and doing all of these things. And you just want to go on the picnic yeah. and spend time with them. But they've wanted to make it so perfect because it's their acts of service. Mm-hmm. And then you get upset because you're like, oh, wait, now we only have 30 minutes for the picnic yeah. because you spent two hours having the perfect picnic blanket and the flowers and the sandwiches and all of these things but because in their mind acts of service and doing it for you is part of their love where you're like but wait yeah I just want to spend all that time I I don't care we can just pick up sandwiches from somewhere and just have that time together so recognizing when those acts of service are given to you Mm-hmm. is a really important way of recognizing their love efforts. Question. I originally had acts of service and I changed. I, I somehow didn't save it. So I like, oh, I'm going to go through the thing again. And mm-hmm. it switched to quality time. Mm-hmm. Does that mean if I am acts of service? Because it sounds like something I would do too, like details. I love the little details. And right. Would that, how would that affect and I would, I would be curious on that, what your yeah. percentage was, though, like if they yeah. were really close. Yeah. Like four, my top four are literally like so close and then my bottom is zero percent. Yeah. Like, and this is where it's really interesting. My bottom is physical touch. I'm zero percent physical touch. I like hugging. I like mm-hmm. the holding hand. Like I like all that. But my husband is like 100 percent physical touch. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Except that that is an act of love for me. When we're sitting on the couch and watching a movie, mm-hmm. I'm over on the other end of the couch and I'm like, oh, right, right. He, he, want, he, he would probably want me to like cuddle on him or hold his hand or yeah. something. Yeah. And so it's not something that is, and you know me, I love hugs. Like I, yeah. I, I love people. Yeah. But that is just not how, to me, that's not, I don't see love or give love inherently. That's how, that's not how I get the most yeah. loving feeling right. is from, from my physical touch. But for him it is. So I'd have to actively make a point to go scooch on the other side of the couch or yeah. like hold his hand or remembering that if I don't touch him, he doesn't feel loved. And, and I love him and I want him to feel loved, even if it's not my language. As uncomfortable it is to learn a yeah. verbal new language, it's the same thing with love language. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, you know what? You're going to fall over. You're going to fall forward and not do it right. But I love you and I want you to feel loved. So I have to get out of my comfort zone and do it the way you want to feel because that's because I love you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So as far as quality time and acts of service, I mean, I think you could probably be both. Mm -hmm. And I think having the experience and becoming aware of noticing, okay, when I'm spending time with someone, is this my happiest? Or if someone, like for instance, 
one year I have a wall of Santa pictures of my daughters and there was one year, oh, I don't know, the pictures got lost. I, I literally don't know where the pictures went. It has made me so sad. We went oh, to no. Santa and yeah. everything and I don't know if they got left in a bag and the bag got thrown out. Like, I don't know because it's like yeah. family gold to me. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I had always felt so sad that I this, this year was missing because I had every single year. And so my daughter one year for Christmas took the video because we had the video of it. Oh, no way. Took a video and just took a screenshot of one of them smiling and framed it so that I could add it to my wall of pictures. And this act of service meant everything to me. I was like, oh my gosh, that you would take the time to do this, that you would take the time and that I could be worthy of your time. Yeah. Meant everything to me. Yeah. And so I think for you, like, you know, is it the, that you feel worthy of someone's time, that they have spent time on you? Mm-hmm. Do you feel more loved in that regard? Or do you feel more loved simply that they are spending that time, right? That they go through the effort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is it, do you get more, feel more loved spending the actual time with the person or that that person spent their time to do something special for you and then yeah. And then spent time, right? Do right, you see right. how you're mm-hmm. spending less time with someone in one regard, but they're spending, they're choosing to spend their time on you, not necessarily with you. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Got it. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, I was thinking of that when just the detail of that, I would totally like melt my heart mm-hmm. having something made that's of meaning and service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I do think it is very interesting with your husband he is an eight of clubs and he is your quality time, right? It, this is, to me, quality time is the bullet point. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you are not doing gifts. Yeah. You are, you know, I mean, physical touch, I guess, could be. Physical touch is probably not too far down on his list, uh-huh. right? But it's not acts of service. It To me, eight of clubs and quality time is the bullet point of yeah. of of that right yeah. to pull that full circle yeah. it's like he is as quality time for him it's like that is efficient efficient love mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah very nice uh, and I would say the same is true last last little piece of pulling that all together right with with your son as a four of diamonds mm-hmm. right again that is that efficient love as well like being quality time it is matter and function, right? But it is controlled matter and it is spending that quality time knowing knowing he is worthy of that time. Yeah. Fascinating. Hmm. Hmm. Very cool. So do you have any questions? I know this has been a just amazing, lengthy yeah, deep playbook. So, it is so cool. No, I'm it's still processing because mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of scenarios. Automatically your brain just goes like, oh, this is a great example of that. But no, like we're just we're gonna go see him next week and he wants to spend quality time. I forget where he said. Mm. But I said, Oh, is that something we could do on the way to the airport, on the way back from the airport? And he goes, No, he goes, You want to spend the day doing that. He goes, We don't want to rush through that. And I thought, right. interesting quality time. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think recognizing that he's asking for that quality time with you and then honoring that time and just being fully present, right? Like no phones, like being fully present with him so that because you do get, you know, 
quality over quantity now because yeah. you don't live in the same place. Right. So really diving into that quality time, knowing that that's going to fill his bucket the most too. And your husband's, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And he said something the other day, which was really cool when he decided he wanted to do his music, right? He was really into it. And he said, mom, I have this vision of me pulling you up on stage with me. <gasps> And I go, really? And he goes, and just saying thank you because you always believed in me. And I was like, mm-hmm. sometimes you wonder if your kid realizes how much you believe in them. And I was literally like, oh my gosh, you do get it. You do get it. Like it just Aww. made me, well, I go, I am, I will be there. And so I was just, I don't know, it was just kind of a surprise because I feel like he never really got how much mm-hmm. I love him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And isn't that interesting? In its own way, that is its own quality time on stage. Like he wants to show you his love by pulling you up on stage and having that time together, right? So that he can shower his affection on you, but he's not doing that by sending you a present. Right. He's not doing that by holding it. Like he would want you up on stage at the same time, sharing that quality time together on stage. Oh my gosh. To him, that's the greatest love. That's his greatest way to show you his, his love and appreciation. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think about that. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, it just kind of pieces, it's piecing a lot of stuff together that you were saying. Yes, I know there's a lot to absorb here. Mm-hmm. This was a lot in in the best way. Yeah. And I just adore you. I adore your family. I adore you. It has been family. so fun to just piece together your family even more. You already are a great example of a beautiful family, but to then understand the energies that are existing, the the boxes that are at play already so that mm-hmm. you can learn to maximize your connectedness and your compassion and your love so that your family feels that much more um, connected and and wonderful yeah and clean and clean her room (laughs) sorry baby girl i didn't mean to make you make it clean your room but but i but i think that'll be very interesting yeah to notice how that then affects your knowledge and self-cultivation for everyone in the house. Like how is knowledge getting stagnated? How are things not being integrated as you're learning things, as your daughter and your son are learning things? How are they not integrating when that room is messy? And how are things just simply flowing and being at ease when it is clean? Wow. Yeah. I think we'll make it a house project. Everyone's (laughs) going to help her room get clean. (laughs) So I have found, I mean, you saw my house and it's wonderful, amazing systems. Yeah. As you have a good system in place, it'll stay cleaner. So I think maybe Mm. brainstorming with her what type of drawer system or sorting system, I think as you have a better system in place, it will stay cleaner. I love that idea. I love that idea. And I'm going to look at those little things you have. Yes. I love things. Well, thank you so, so much. Oh my gosh. This This is so wonderful. Thank you so much. So good. And again, for listeners, all of the notes, all the charts, if you want to follow along, those are in the notes down below. And if you want to look up your own Enneagram card, the link is there as well. Because if you are any one of these numbers, you... All of this applies to you too. So thank you so much for this time. And this was amazing. I'm so happy. Thank you for being vulnerable, courageous, and just being here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast helpful, thank you so much for subscribing and sharing. And if you want more love and inspiration, join my newsletter at lovehealthrive.com. And as always, love yourself enough to heal and heal yourself enough to thrive.